Hello, good afternoon. This is the Can Creative Show, the podcast. We are recording from Cree uh, Creative Studio. I have two guests today, Jason Cox and Nigel Wallace. Hello. Hello. So Jason, you are an illustrator and art worker with your own business, Atomic Squib Limited. Yeah. So an art worker prepares illustration and design work for printers. It's quite specific. Yes. And you work a lot with Illustrator and Photoshop. Yeah. All digital then, obviously, if it goes to a printer. It is nowadays. Mm. So most of your work comes from Scholastic Book Publishing Company, working on series of children's books. And you also work with Nigel, so on his posters. So that's what I want to hear about, because we see, we've seen quite a few around. Right. <laughs> Now, in your spare time, you draw caricatures. That's just something I've just started. Yeah, and you are also producing your own children book. Yes. Nigel, so you started White Wine Sugar. That's it, yeah. When was that? Uh, it must be about 15 years ago yeah, now, I think. It's quite a while right. ago, yeah. yeah, yeah. So you time. draw uh, posters trying to reflect the travel railway posters from the 20s and 60s. That's it, yes, yeah. yeah. And you are drawing designs that go all around the world, definitely mm. around Kent. Yes, definitely around Kent. <laughs> and you're working on the local project for Birdwise. Yes. This uh, partnership with local authorities and mm. conservation, conservation organizations working together to mitigate disturbance mm. to birds this winter yeah. in Kent. Yeah. yeah. Before we go into your work and all of that, I like to go back a little bit and understand a bit more about who you are, where you come from, you know, childhood and right, stuff. Yes, yeah, yeah, <laughs> to understand how you got to what you do today. Yeah. So, right. Nigel, would you like to start? How I got to where I am today? Oh, pure luck, I think. <laughs> <laughs> when I was at school, I never did much, but I went to art college because that was the that was the only place it would take me. I think, and mm. I did a technical subject, but. I was lucky enough right from the outset at art college to have lots of good artists around. A lot of the teachers we had were really good artists, so I got lots of skills and ideas from them, but then went on to work drawing nuts and bolts for many years. But again, where I worked, in the office I worked, there was a couple of really good artists who I worked with and got ideas from them and eventually went out on my own and uh, started drawing for myself and making money from it. But in your family, was it creative? Um, no, not particularly. No, my dad wasn't creative. He always wondered where I got the skills from, uh-huh. where I could draw from. My mum the same. She wasn't artistic. So I think further back in my family, maybe. So where do you think it comes from? I think it's just a natural skill that you yeah. start, that some people have and just start drawing. So my dad was always surprised I could draw and he couldn't. So yeah. it came from somewhere in the family. Yeah. You know, There's a, a gene that somewhere was there. But uh, yeah, and going to school, you, you enjoy art, you enjoy doing those sort of things. So you just carry on doing it. And they did yeah. uh, encourage you in that way? Um, I think in those days at school, I don't know, but you really encouraged you. Sort of, yeah, it's just something I enjoyed doing, so Good. I used to do it whenever I could. Yeah. Yeah. And he's uh, musical as well. Does that come from your family? Um, again, actually, it's a bit of a sad story. My dad's sister died when she was about 18 of a brain tumour, and she was musical and artistic. So it possibly does come from a dad's side. Oh. Um, my dad never was. It went through my dad and passed on to me, if you like. Hmm. But that's where it must have come from, yeah. So and so, you went to art college. Yes, yeah. It was a technical subject, but mm. um, like I say, we had artists around us, and we got chances to mm. talk to them. Actually, um, we were taught one of our subjects by a guy called John White, who used to live in Whitstable, and for his living, he used to do um, film posters mm. in the days when they used to have to draw them by hand, mm. and then put them up, you know, and then print them off. Yeah, so he used to draw film posters and car 
adverts and all sorts of things. So he was a really skillful artist. So there's quite a few things he taught us. So is that in any way related to what you do today? In some ways, mm. yes. Because he would have done similar sort of things. Yeah, he was someone yeah. that would have done that type of poster when he was uh, when he was younger. It was yeah. his job. Yeah. Well, I've had a couple of places. There was somewhere up in Norfolk where they opened a train station that had been closed for years. And they asked me to design two posters to put into two of the big windows. They were about six foot tall, these posters that went into the windows to advertise the destinations that the trains went to. From school to what you do now, where did you start? Because you developed a specific style and it's something that people ask you to do for businesses. You you, you do very specific buildings, for instance, yes, or restaurants. Yeah. And so people yeah. like this style and they can have something personalized. Yes, yeah. How did you start developing this idea and how did you make it so popular? Um, I started... I used to do pencil drawings when I left work. I was doing pencil drawings all around Kent and selling those. Then I went on to doing photography when digital cameras sort of became popular and you could print stuff yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, then uh, that became popular, but everyone could buy cameras and, and printers and you were seeing photographs being sold on street corners almost. So I went in, I looked for something else to do and came up with the idea of the posters, thinking about the old, I don't know, you might not remember, them, there used to be a shop called Athena, mm-hmm. they used to, Athena used to sell posters. And I thought of the things that they used to sell, they were popular at one time. And they came up with the idea of the railway posters and you know, destinations, trains and places. Mm-hmm. And um, I did I did three designs, which I had sold at the Hot Festival about 15 years ago. Right. And we sold 70 prints over the weekend at the Hot Festival. And my son went down to uh, the fish and chips to get fish and chips on the Sunday <laughs> evening after we'd finished, you know, celebration sort of thing. And he heard the salesman in there. He had three of my pictures and he was showing people and he's saying, this guy's got something here. Oh. <laughs> and just carried on from there, really. Yeah, so it's, it was just an idea of catching on to something that had gone in the past that people liked then and seeing if it was going to be popular again. And it, it took is. off. Yeah. So how, what's the process? It usually involve a sketch to start with, or at least an idea in my head so I know where I'm going. If I haven't got that, mm. you can't do it. But Jason, I know if you haven't got an idea in your head, it's difficult to try and get something down and, and, and work with it. But yeah, you get an idea of a sketch, and then it's mostly done on a computer. But these days, I use the tablet, so you're drawing on the right. tablets, yes. and it's all a lot of hand-drawn stuff. It's still drawn, though, isn't it? It's just you're using, yeah. a, different, yeah. you're just doing, using a different tool. Yeah. A lot of people that don't understand how Illustrator works and how that sort no. of process works think they're photographs. I say it's nothing to do with photography. I take photographs for reference and then I draw it all myself by hand or using a mouse or a mat or whatever okay. onto the computer. Yeah. I've seen people do something similar where they take a photograph and then they solarize it. So mm. they take well they take out similar colours so it looks yes. eventually looks a bit like yeah. what you do. But you can tell it's a photograph. Yeah, it's, you can, yeah, you can always tell a photograph. I still tell you off. I don't work the same, yeah. yeah. When you develop your style in terms of the tones and colours, mm. do you get mostly commissions from people? Yeah, get quite a few commissions, do, yeah. Do your own things as well? Yeah, well, it's mostly mostly my own thing. I like to have been somewhere and seen the place so I can put a feel of how it looks, so I know how it looks to do the drawing. But very often we get commissions, and we've had a couple from Australia. Oh. And there's a shop over in Australia that sells our stuff, and they want us to do two designs of... Australia, and then yeah. and then sell them themselves. They've been very successful. Yeah, okay. So we're getting them from all over the place. You seem to have a really well-working structure. Yeah. Did, did you think about this right away, of how you could develop that commercially? I think I worked out as I went along, so I made mistakes. And But you've got to be able to sell yourself. If You might be the best artist in the world. If you can't sell yourself and sell your stuff, then you'll, you'll only pick up what, what people see. But I, I went out there and found shops and... Uh, talk to people. I love talking to people anyway. So I went out, found shops, talked to shop owners, and I didn't always look for art shops. I w- I'd look for a window. If it was a good window, I'd go in and ask if I could put my stuff in their window. And that worked throughout. 
throughout Kent. I've had all, I've been in florists, charity shops, photo shops, art shops, galleries, all sorts of shops. If they let me use the window to put my stuff in, then I'll use it. And mm. I'm right in thinking it's a family business. Yes, yes. I mean, my daughter's a photographer, but she has done some drawings in the past. My son's done a few. Um, my wife does a lot of the accounts and all that sort of yeah. boring, all the boring, I call the boring stuff. Yeah. And we've got another girl, Steph, who works with us, who's almost family. I mean, it's so close to us that, uh, yeah, she's you now taken on a lot of the drawings and a lot of the commissions. Exactly. Yeah, so it's, it's, everyone's involved in some way or other. And my daughter came up with the name in the first place, so. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, tell us about the name. White Run Sugar, yeah. that's how she takes her tea. <laughs> so she, she said to me, that'd be a good name for a company. I thought, oh, yeah, maybe. So we put it on it and everyone smiles when they when they ask, how'd you come up with that name then? Yeah. <laughs> and I tell them, yeah. So it's, so it's got nothing to do with art or anything, but it's just a name, a catchy name and yeah, it's caught on. Well, and yeah. you do need a cup of tea. That's it, yeah, yeah. You always need a cup of tea. Essential it's a very, part of the world. Essential. Very English name, isn't it? Yeah, oh, yeah, that's it. that's it, it is, yeah. So, Jason, what about you? Uh, I grew up in Australia and I always wanted to be an illustrator. Well, not, not an illustrator, but I always wanted to work in art. I was always good at drawing at school. And my bro- older brother's an artist and he persuaded me to do an art course in Melbourne, which was a disaster because I hated it. <laughs> It was all uh, fine art, so it was all about... Wow. It's not really about drawing, it was all about your uh, mood and expressing yourself, and oh, I wasn't really interested yeah. in that. Yeah, no. <laughs> I just wanted to show off my drawing skills. So then I did a, a finished art illustration course, which I enjoyed, and then when I left that course, it was right in the middle of a recession, so no one at my in my course got a job, and I was the only one that got freelance work, which... Uh, I just kept doing it ever since. So it wasn't out of choice. I, I always saw myself as working in an advertising agency, doing everything for everyone and making a lot of money. And uh, that never happened. <laughs> uh, I worked uh, in Australia for a few years, and then I came over here for a holiday. Cause I was actually born in Eastbourne. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You're a London guy. <laughs> uh, I lived in London. When I came back, I lived in Peckham for years. So I came here for a holiday, and I, while I was here, I thought, well, there's lots of work for illustrators. I, museums need illustrators. Hospitals needed illustrators for some strange reason. Yeah. And I thought, oh, I'll easily get work over here. So I came, saved up some money, came back to live, and didn't get any work for a year and had to go back mm-hmm. to Australia, <laughs> which made me a bit more determined. So I came back, and then I got work at uh, Marks & Spencer in the head office, laying out their furniture sales. So I'd, they'd take photographs, and I'd Photoshop them to make them look like they, they wanted and then that would get sent around all the shops in in england so that people had a guide of how to set up their windows and things and how did you get that job i came over here and got an agent Why? and she got me that that job yeah. and then i stayed there for a while then i got um work in publishing which i really enjoyed and i've been there ever since doing what a lot of working inside of books designing insides of books doing little bits of illustration here and there and a lot of photoshopping uh, covers so that if an artist comes in with a jacket that's for the, for a book, mm-hmm. sometimes the colours are not quite right or sometimes some of the uh, characters have to be moved around to make room for the for the headline or things like that. A lot, a lot of things like that change the position of someone's arm or that, which is I quite enjoy. It's quite a nice skill to have. You're very meticulous in your work, aren't you? Yeah. I, I, whenever I draw and paint and things, I, I kind of do it to show off because it's, it's quite a rare skill to have. And it's, it's what I excel at, is being, being a good draftsman, I think. 
and that's why I keep trying to show off and that's why I put in a lot of detail and <laughs> try and get things right. To my detriment, because I should be a lot freer and probably have a lot more interesting artwork. If you're hunched over a table putting in lots of details, you've, you end up with a nice finished work that is impressive. But if you stood back a little bit and just waved your arms around, splashed your art, splashed your paint on it and be a bit freer, you pro I'd probably, and I do, in fact, I do do things like that, I enjoy it more, but you then you're in less control. And I think I'm a controlled person. I always have that battle when I'm working. Okay. And you do two different types of work with the publishing company and your own book now and the caricature. Mm -hmm. Your caricature and your own drawing, do you do it by hand? On paper, or is it no. in Illustrator? I recently I've turned to using an iPad and using Procreate. It's very similar to drawing on paper, except you you can edit it so much yeah. freer. It's a lot freer because you've got lots of layers and you can turn things off and fade things out. And it used to be that I'd do a rough sketch on paper, then draw over that to make it better, and draw over that again to make it better again, and put in color and edit all the time. Now you can just do that on one screen. Yeah. Yeah, and you can change colors, add change layers, color. Yeah, things. and the nowadays with the with the um, iPad and the Apple Pencil, it's quite an amazing tool. Mm. I know, I tried. It's remarkable. Mm, yeah. yeah, I can remember the days of having the old layoff pads where you do one, then you put yeah. a bit of paper, you draw that, just yeah. do it again, yes. you put another bit of paper over it. Yeah, you improve it all right. the time. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. 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 Although days, still, yeah. Um, there's nothing nicer than working on. Real doing a real watercolor mm, yeah. or doing a real oil painting. It's just that nowadays it's quite a time consuming thing to do. Do you miss the traditional paper work? Yeah. yeah I think that's how I do. I often want to go away and do a big painting. Or just, you know, some, I see some paintings of people and oh, I thought I'd like to go and do, try that again. But when you're working for yourself and you've got your own business, you're all the time doing, doing stuff on that. So to find the time to go away and do what you originally started to do. Mm. <laughs> Like with my style of drawing, I know a lot of mine is what you call clip art. So we'll we'll do a picture of a person, say, and then we'll put it in a folder that's on the computer so that that person can be used somewhere else again in another picture. So mm. you build up quite a collection of drawings on your computer that you can use elsewhere. Like, oh, okay. If you so, look through some of my pictures, you'll probably find the same the same um, seagull in about 30 different pictures. <laughs> now, Jason, your caricature, I see them, as I said, on Instagram mainly, I think. Yes, I've done uh, five of them just over the last couple of months, and they're all on Instagram. Yeah. They are hopefully to get me some work. I've put them on my website, and I've and I've put them on my agent's website. And already I've got a bit of work from my agent. Wow. They're quite political, aren't they? Yeah, they are. Yes, and now I want to do some uh, famous people who aren't politicians, because it's not very nice to stare at politicians' face for long. <laughs> And draw them. <laughs> so, what, what, what type of work did you get then from that? Just a painterly style of someone's face. Say they needed some faces done for uh, some hospital brochure, mm. and they like the. Uh, I'm not doing caricatures, <laughs> but I'm no, doing no. a painterly oh, style. No. You ask for some. <laughs> so, is that, so, what is it with the characters you're actually interested in? Is it doing like if someone came along, still, can you do my face for me? Or are you more interested in doing, say, James Taylor or one of the Beatles or something like that, and, and getting that? I um I think it's a it's a it's a hard thing to get right as I've tried it yeah, in the past. Yeah, I've tried. I've never really been successful at caricatures. But then I found this YouTube guy called uh, Court Jones, mm. uh, and he does some amazing stuff. And it's all done on a it's on a 
uh, Mac, oh, but right. one that you can draw on the screen. Oh yes, yeah, yeah. a Wacom tab. Wacom. Yeah, Wacom tab. Yes, Wacom it was. Yeah. So they're drawing directly on the glass, but right. it's huge. And he's done. Um, he's done loads, and he shows you how to do them and, and exercises you can do. Yeah. To get these things right, and so I looked at his stuff, and I learned most, more stuff from watching YouTube <laughs> than I than I did at college. Good old YouTube. That's a, a recommendation for anyone who wants to learn. Oh, yeah. Look at YouTube. Everything's on there. Yeah. yeah. Let's go back to Nigel a second about this bird thing. How did that come about? I've done about seven, I think, of Faversham different birds that were around the creek and down there, and I put those on cards that we sell, and they're online. And um, this guy saw them, and he's just starting up. There's a north northeast Kent, I think it is. It's already going, and yeah. the southeast Kent. They'll be starting in the next few weeks. So, so they phoned me or emailed me and said, "Can you do some pictures of some birds in some different locations around Kent?" In the similar style to what you've already done, oh. and we just want to use them for advertising, bits to give away, and things like that, just to make so, people aware of the birds around Kent. Okay, so what do they do? That's birdwise. Birdwise, yeah. They organise walks yeah. to go and see the birds in the different sites, and right. just making people aware of the different um, okay. birds around Kent in, yeah. in the, win- the winter times. Okay. Yeah. Are you a bird watcher yourself? I like birds. Yeah, well, yeah, my more into birds. We've yeah. both got a nice pairs of binoculars and go out every now and then. But uh, oh, she okay. likes the going and seeing the birds okay. in different places. Yeah. You've been doing this for quite a while. Oh, well, these, these particular illustrations, yeah, yeah it's been, yeah. must be about 15 How years now. How do you think you can develop, or do you have a dream or something you would really like to do? No, to I don't dream. I, I enjoy doing them. It's, it's going on. I mean, we're always looking for new ways of doing it and new things, things to do and to be, to be different. I mean, when I started, I couldn't find anyone else online doing something. Well, there's one other artist, um, I think his name, I can't remember his name now, um, but he was, looked like he was doing something similar. But now if you go online, there's lots of people doing very similar things. So we're looking at ways of developing and changing and being different to other people, if you like. So, yeah, always looking for new things, new ways of doing it, new new illustra- types of illustrations. But the thing I like more than anything is to work with people. So it's nice when someone comes along and says, can you do our building? Can you do it? Like a couple of estate agents recently have come up and because of Saxon Shaw, who we did, we sort of rebranded them in some ways with their pictures. Yeah, we've had a couple of other estate agents do the same. Yeah. We're working with one down in Surrey at the moment. We're doing a picture a month for them and they're, they're going to use for their billboards mm. and advertising and things Good it's all idea. interesting because we're working with people mm. we're seeing things develop and new things are, you get new ideas out of it when mm. you start talking to people mm. if you just insular and work on your own you, you sort of yeah. dry up but constantly getting involved with other people you, you, they give you new ideas to... and would you uh, do a book with <laughs> individual you know illustrations I thought about it I don't know whether I'm that sort of illustrator I'd like to I like to think that I can do certain things like book illustrations but when it actually comes to it I sit there and get stuck you know uh-huh. Yeah, I'll give you a hand. Yeah, yeah, Because that yeah. could be a nice collaboration with a local writer. Oh, right, yes. Oh, that sort of thing, or, yes. You know, that yeah. Sort of thing. yeah, yeah. It'd be nice to do something like that. I do like local, like the birds. It's local. Yes. So I do like local things yeah. and working with local companies and charities and buildings. Yeah. And, so yeah. tell me about your collaboration. How do you work together? <laughs> Sometimes uh, Nigel's given me a commission. Yeah, but if you can the commissions, yeah. and other times I'll do a drawing. Well, Nigel will say, "What do you want of Dover?" Hmm. Nigel yeah. just said, yeah. uh, "We need some of Dover." Sorry, I did one. You did one said, with Spitfire, didn't you? Like, yeah, I think he said, "Put a Spitfire well. in it." Yeah, something like that, flying over the cliffs. Yeah, so I did. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. um, I think, uh, as I understand, if I give Nigel some some drawings, then he'll put it on his website and sell them. But I should. I just don't have that much time to do those things, mm-hmm. but I do enjoy doing them. We just did uh, three for France. Mm, yeah. 
I really enjoyed that. It took me too long, though. <laughs> <laughs> too much detail. Yeah. Really? He does, he does put a lot of detail in things. He likes That's it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a certain style. Once you get hang of it, I mean, I think probably the fastest one I did was about half an hour. <laughs> in doing the drawing it, was, it came out really well you, and it's, it's sometimes good when you get one done that quick you think well, that's nice it really worked well other times I can spend days on things and not be happy with them in the end you know so it's mm. yeah, it depends, I know that but, feeling <laughs> so, yeah, yeah it doesn't come out so well so you two what is your uh, dream project dream project oh, I don't know I always think it'd be nice to come into the studio and, and say, say to yourself today I'm going to do some ink drawings and then just do spend the day doing do whatever yeah. you want if you yeah. Especially we've got, oh, I've got a nice studio there. I've got all the equipment I've built up over my mm, life. Yeah, that's it. And most of it just sits here because I'm busy working. It'd be nice just to one day come in and do some ink drawings, the next day do a oil painting, or and just know that everything you do is going to be appreciated by someone. That my, would be ideal. Yeah, you know, I'm different in a way that what I'm doing is my hobby, so I'm enjoying it and I am doing my own thing, but I'm like stuck in doing the same thing because it's so successful and sometimes you think I want to do something different you know I want this wants people to stop phoning up and asking for things so I can get on with something else it's a, <laughs> you always want to do something different or something new so and something what fresh. would that be? Um, I think again it would be to go and do some original paintings to go down the shed and put the easel up and get the paints out and have a few days just to do that but uh, in some ways I don't know you get up in the morning and you start Working for myself, what about Jason? I get up somewhere at six o'clock in the morning, I'll start straight away and I'll go down and yeah. do a drawing or package some things to send off. And, and well, yeah, as you it, say, it's, it's not the hobby be, would work, is it? So no, no, you, no. You I enjoy thoroughly enjoy it, so it's my hobby. It, I'm not so, going to stop, yeah. I'm not going to retire or give up. But it would be nice sometimes to do something different, <laughs> trying some, some other. I've never been up at six o'clock in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> you do the same thing, mm. but people still want it, so yeah. why would you stop? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And yeah. If, it, if it works, keep doing it. Yeah, but yeah. You probably need a plan B or something, don't you? I think my brain is just too interested in absolutely everything that goes on. Hmm. So I'm nosy. So I, I can, I've got hobbies galore. Like I enjoy gardening. I, I play music, yeah. um, all sorts of things. Playing with the grandchildren. So I get interested in whatever, wherever I am and whatever I'm doing. So, yeah, I, I don't know about a plan B. It'd be a plan A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H. Yeah. I. So can you tell us about your book then, Jason? Well, having um, working in, in design and illustration, a lot of the work you get is, is quite boring. Um, so you have to, I've always had other projects that I've kept myself interested with, and this is one of them, but uh, when I go into to, uh, London, that's uh, an hour on the train, uh, and now I've got a, a nice iPad, I spend that hour drawing, that's where I did my caricatures, and I also uh, started this book. My son um, uh, would always ask for a story while he's going to sleep, and we read him story, but then he'd say, have you got another story, Daddy? And so he'd, I'd make some up. And I remember this story from when I was a kid, and I told him this story. It was about a, um, a king who is uh, wanting to retire and leave his kingdom to one of his sons, and he gives them a task, and they each have, they're given a, a pound, and they have to buy something that will most adequately fill the chamber that they're in. So one buys straw, one buys feathers and the third one buys a candle and lights a candle and fills the room with light and i remember that story when i was a kid so i told that to my son and then he said and then what happened <laughs> so then i had to make stuff up and he said, well, then what happened 
And he does that all the time, when, or used to, when I was telling him a story. But this one particularly I quite liked because I came up with something that uh, had a little bit of twist on that old-fashioned story. And so I wrote it down. And then on my train journey to and from London, I started drawing roughs on my iPad and colouring them. I was quite happy with what they were, how they looked. And then I'm at a stage now where it's all the roughs are uh, at a point where I can show an agent, get an agent, and try and get someone to publish it. So yeah. So what what sort of process do you have to follow? In in order yeah. to get a publisher? Because you know people already in publishing world, don't you? Yes, I know I know, but the people in publishing, especially um editors who commission books and things, the worst thing you can say to them is I've got a book <laughs> because wherever they go, people go up to them yeah. and say, I've yeah, got a book and I show you my book. And I was aware of this and, and it didn't stop me doing it. <laughs> yeah. But they suggested uh uh that I get an agent. Uh they gave me a bit of advice. Uh I showed it to another designer. She told me that my rough drawings weren't good enough and so I spent another six months redrawing them all. So now I'm really happy with them. Um it's good to have that honesty because you don't want to make an idiot of yourself. Yeah. It's good to make an idiot of yourself with the people <laughs> you're working with, but you don't want to spread your idiocy <laughs> across the world. <laughs> um so I've sent it to so far I've Just before Christmas, I sent it to two agents. Uh, I've got two rejects, and I haven't heard from the other two. But there is a there's a huge list of agents that I will, yeah. when I've got a spare minute, I'll go through and and uh, send it out. You'd send something that's digital. Well, each agent will tell you exactly how they want. Of course, yeah. 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 So they all want uh, because it's just a short children's book. It's not like a novel. They'll they'll want the whole thing, the whole written work. And then a sample of one or two of your drawings. Sometimes they'll want the PDF of the whole book, mm. and sometimes they'll just want you to link, give them a link to where they can see your work. So they all want something different. But generally, if you've got a uh, your children's book all laid out, and do a PDF of it, a, short, a small PDF of it, and then you can send that to someone if they need it, or you can take extract bits out of it and send them whatever they require. That's the best thing to do. And how many publishers do you think you're going to send it to? Um, well, some of them, some of them say, uh, "Let us know if you've sent it to lots of publishers." And I think uh, mm. if you if you do a scattergun approach, mm. that might turn some agents off. Mm. So I'm weeding out the ones that <laughs> that say that, and so I'll send it to them first, mm. and yes. then I'll do my scattergun approach. <laughs> um, and a, usually, a, a publisher won't take any unsolicited unsolicited work. So you have to get a professional to read it wow. and then recommend you to a publisher. Wow. That's how it works. Did you write the story yourself as well? Yes. And you have other ideas? Yes, up? that's the other thing. Quite often they'll want, before they select you to, to be published, they want to know that you're just not a one-trick pony. So if you've got two or three stories, then if they read those and they say, oh, yes, that's that, uh, we can work with this person, hopefully. So I have done a few more stories, but I obviously haven't illustrated those because I'll see what happens with the first one. Of course. Yeah. Mm. So I'd like to know of what you've done throughout your career. What do you consider your most successful achievement or the best piece of work you've done or the most satisfying, you know, something you're really happy with, whatever the reason. Can you think of something? Hmm. Yeah, that's a good one. I think the pictures I'm doing at the moment of Norfolk, I think they sell so well, people just really love them. And uh, 
yeah, and I enjoy it. Yeah, and it's like a set of pictures that really work together. So, at the moment, for me, it's those. Yes. <laughs> and expanding that series. And, uh, it's not necessarily the sale, it's the fact that people like it and want and want to buy it. Yeah, that's mm. what I enjoy. It's like when I, I love doing the Hop Festival and festivals like that where you meet people and they come and say, oh, you're the artist. Oh, right, brilliant. And, you know, they, they just like meeting you and buying one of your pictures. Yeah, it's lovely. So, having, having something as successful as the ones that are going up in Norfolk at the moment, it's, uh, yeah, brilliant. Like I was saying before, I... I don't know you, but I quite I like the aspect of this career. The, the aspect I like most is showing off. Mm, if yeah. you've got a skill and you can, yeah. I mean, people tell you how how good it is, and it's, it's quite it feeds your ego, and that's yeah, 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 keeps you going, keeps you going, oh, yeah. yeah. And the yeah. money is good too sometimes. Mm, sometimes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had a really good one years ago. I had a shop in Canterbury. It's not there anymore, but I went in and I explained what I was doing. This is when I was doing pencil sketches. And I went and explained, so no, we've got someone who does that work. I, I sell all my own work mainly. And then I showed him, and he went, oh, they're good. <laughs> and as I walked out of the shop, he said, yeah, come back, I think I'll sell those. He was, yeah, so that was, that's always good, you know, if someone, <laughs> someone oh, dismisses you at first. And I was oh, okay, you're all right. <laughs> so have you got any, uh, like, heroes or inspirational figures in the art world? Mm, loads. Artists, oh, creative, yeah. that inspire you, yeah? I think just creative people. I mean, I... Doing what I'm doing at the moment, I just admire, admire the people that could do those paintings originally. Came up with the ideas, and, and the, the conditions they worked in were far worse than what we, you know, the fact that they have to paint them all by hand, you know, and then they get some art director come along and say, no, start again, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I'm just a free agent to do what I want, and yeah, but yeah, some of those guys are really brilliant painters. And some of them did uh, screen printing as well, weren't yeah, they? So yeah, that's yeah, that's it, the, the printing, and yeah. Such yeah. a long process. Mm. They're very artistic when you look at some of those designs, especially some of the ones like where they did whole train stations, all the engines mm. in them, and really complicated things. And it was all done by hand on a on a bit of paper. It's, but having said yeah. that, that's what they did in those days. They they mm. had all the training, and they their whole career was their whole job was just painting constantly. That was it. All the yes. Time. Yeah. 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 Because nowadays be, you, you have to be you have to be good at lots of different things. Yeah. Yeah. Like uh, accounting and. And marketing. Yeah, and yeah. If if you had a job where you went at nine o'clock, painted all day. Yeah, that was. Oh, yeah, imagine nice, that, imagine nice how good you'd be. Must have been good. So. Yes, that's true. Yeah, but yeah, there were some really good ones. Not that I want to take anything from those guys because <laughs> they were all brilliant. Yeah, yeah. I remember when I left college, one of the first things I bought was a compressor because I wanted to do airbrushing. <laughs> airbrushing, yeah. <laughs> and. Um, I never actually used it because then, oh, then I learned how to use Photoshop. <laughs> yeah. So what a waste of money that was. Yeah. I used to do an airbrush. I, and I kept that. it for years thinking, one day I'm going to do airbrushing. Yeah, yeah. And obviously never did yeah. it. Obviously in, in those olden mm. days, you couldn't make many mistakes. No, mm. no. Nowadays you can just draw, just change things all the time. So it's so editable, which is, mm. uh, uh, the, I think, its biggest benefit. Yeah. It's a little bit magical. <laughs> it really is. It is something people don't understand if they don't actually work in the industry. No. They've no idea how, how we do these things. And they but look at them and try and work out. Think, how's he done that? Yeah. I've barely scratched the surface. I mean, I use oh. Illustrator every day, and I probably know about 5% if that mm. of things it can do because yeah. you haven't got the time to sit there and go through all the other bits and, all the other bits and bobs on it. I get, I get to work on people's artwork from all around the world, and... Like you, I even use a little bit of Photoshop, and I have to figure out how the hell did they yeah, do yeah, that? It's, They've got filters on it, and then, and masks on it, and yeah. layers, and I find it, sometimes I just find it easier to flatten everything. And mm. st- <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah, start, start, from, start scratch. from scratch. 
when you learned initially with paper and ink, and now you're using these tools, how has that changed your uh, creativity? Quite a lot of things, although you can do on a, on a screen, things like pen and ink and watercolour, and, and all, well, maybe not all pen, but that it's better to do it in the old, in the old fashioned way. It's you're still something, you can't do a watercolour on a glass screen. There's something special about applying the, the paint to the textured paper and letting the water run mm. around. Yeah. That you can't, you, you'd never be able to get that on a computer because it's a different material. Mm. If you use computers a lot, you, you know what is going to look better on a computer and what you can do better traditional mm -hmm. ways so what was the question <laughs> what was it about whether these new tools that have endless possibilities have developed your creativity i think that you would have a you could always attempt them if you don't have these photoshop or computers if you're creative you'd like to attempt things anyway hmm. and if you have experience with a computer you can decide whether yes i can get that the result i want on a computer or or it's best to use traditional but I don't think it affects your creativity. It's it's just a tool that makes you achieve things quicker and easier, and, and maybe to a higher standard mm. in some cases. Yeah, I think it's the higher standard thing because I, I like so before you've got to have the idea in your head before you start. Yeah. you've got to know what you're going to do. Otherwise, you yeah. just mess around moving all these objects around on the screen. And I've got no idea, but it allows you once you've done it to change it slightly. Whereas with a pencil drawing or painting, once it's done, it's done. Mm. With, with Illustrator, I'll look at a, I'll look at a box and I'll just move it across a millimetre and think, oh, that's it, it's better there, <laughs> which you couldn't have done that before. No. So right. the, the the finite, the, the final changing of and manipulating, slightly changing the colours, mm -hmm. it improves your ability to be able to do things. And, hundred, and then you have to be careful, and you also have to know when to stop. Yeah, exactly. You have to oh, know yes. when to stop, otherwise you just keep going. Yeah. You know? Like putting too many details in or anything. Yeah. You've got to, you've got <laughs> to about have, me again. That's it. That's, that's the one. Yeah. You've got to have a... You know, yeah, that's why I find sometimes when I'm doing a drawing, you think, I've got to stop now. Otherwise, you overdo it. I, I did one I, one I did of Herm Bay, because I used to work with an airbrush, so I could make a picture look like a photograph, and you wouldn't know that it was a photograph, you know, buildings and things and this and the other. And I did one on Illustrator, and I started putting all the curves and all things like, ah, this is going too far. It's, it's going to end up looking like a photograph, and I don't want that. It's got to look like a block colour illustration. And you, so, yeah, you've got to learn when to stop. I think the basic thing... The same with photography, you've got to have that basic skill in the first place to be able to do it. Absolutely. People pick up one of these tools and think, oh, I can now draw, I can now take photographs. Yeah. But it doesn't work like that. You've got to have a skill. And I'll often pick up my wife's things, I'm boring at times, because I look in a magazine and say, that text just isn't laid out right. Someone's just <laughs> gone, dum, done. Yeah. They, haven't, they haven't sort of designed it or the characters aren't the right yeah. size or something, because yeah. I can see that. So I've been trained, yeah. you know, the spacing's not right. But a lot of people don't bother about that these days, they just do something. You even see adverts, TV programs, all sorts of things where they haven't bothered about the little specific details of once upon a time we were trained to do. You know. I think if someone starts with anything like Photoshop, Illustrator, they'd push the computer to one side, learn how to draw, then pick up Illustrator. Yeah. Don't pick up Illustrator as a way of learning to draw. What is the most challenging things technically you think you had to do? Um, when I left college, I had a commission to draw <coughs> shipping containers <laughs> Sounds interesting. Yeah, All different colours, <laughs> and I and I had to use Illustrator. I'd never used it before. That was quite challenging. And I had to teach myself to, overnight to use Illustrator. Oh, and did a whole, pretty good. Uh, all these, <laughs> but it's still one of my favourite programs. Right. Illustrator. Yeah, yeah. If it wasn't for that, I couldn't be working for you. No, yeah. that's it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So those shipping, shipping yeah. containers. Oh. So any uh, technical challenge for you, Nigel? 
Yeah, I'm not sure. I think someone's getting the colours yeah. right. Yeah. It's something I can do quite easily because I, I suppose when I was at work, I always worked in black and white, doing a lot of technical type oh. drawing. It was all yeah. ink, pen and ink. And then I started doing a lot more colour because if you get too many colours in a picture, it's just it's wrong. So you have you, right. you've got to get the nice tone of colours, and sometimes that I've I've put too many colours in, and then I've got to go and tap them all into the same sort right. of. You know, sort of, so they look, they look right together. Do you have a, a range of colors you use across your designs? Um, do because sometimes, they have a yeah, touch a special touch. Yeah, yeah, is recognizable. Yeah, I, I do sort of. I, I can't, I can't really explain it. It's not something you can explain. No, no. I mean, I've, I mean, I've taught art before, and it wasn't until I started teaching art that I didn't realise I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> you had to teach someone else how to do it. You had to actually learn out of what you were doing. It's it might, might that, be that you of, didn't know what you're doing. Sometimes it's hard to explain. You did it naturally? Yeah, yeah, you didn't think about it. You just did it, and, and yeah. yeah, trying to show somebody yeah. else. All of a sudden, you've got to think about how I'm doing it. Trying to show someone how to do watercolours. It's oh yeah, yeah, impossible. But it's like yeah, it's like the whole colour thing. It is it's quite a mystery how I get away with it sometimes. I think oh, it works quite well, but I don't know how I got there. So, <laughs> um, so what um, what words of advice would you give to a young illustrator? Uh, look at YouTube. Yeah, look at YouTube. It's a good one. I like it. <laughs> you learn so much on YouTube. Uh, if you and if you uh, if you want to emulate someone, look on YouTube. See how that's done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's my advice. So what would be your advice, Nigel? Learn to draw yourself, don't copy others. Use YouTube on how to do it. But if you're gonna draw if you're gonna draw a tree, learn for yourself what the tree looks like. Don't look at another artist's tree and say, yeah. oh, I'll do them like that. Because you won't get it right. Yeah. You need to know what a cloud, what a tree, a person, everything looks like for yourself. Then you can copy other people's styles, but yeah. Learn to draw for yourself first. And now the most difficult question. Tell us a lesson that life has taught you. I like that one. <laughs> um, being like, I'll repeat what Nigel said earlier, being able to draw and being a good, good artist is not going to get you anywhere. You have to do, you have to do the graft and you have to uh, nowadays do it online, find find your clients online. Because if no matter how good you are, you've got to get people to see it. Otherwise, it's just going to be sat in your bedroom. Yeah, got to get it out there. So tell us how you do it then. That's an interesting subject. Well, I did it. Uh, I got um, knocked on lots of doors when I came to London to get work and through work get contacts. And that's how I get my clients and through then get an agent. So. In my experience, the most effective is to meet someone face to face. Yeah. I, I hear often of artists who, as you say, get work out of Instagram or, you know, do you know the proportion of new work you get from? Recommendations, social media? I don't know now, because for my business it's just growing, but you know, it's, right. it's coming from all over the place now, so right. I still like to go out and meet people, but uh, right. yeah, I'm not sure where it's coming from now. <laughs> it just comes in. I think one thing to remember, come back to the question you asked, one thing that I would say I've learned is that you've got to keep on going. Oh, it's like... Take, for instance, the shops. When I left work, I took voluntary redundancy. I thought, oh, well, I've got my wife now working full-time. I can afford to take this little bit of money and see if I can keep my business going. So I had so many shops to say I was selling to 20 shops. And I thought, well, if I find another 20 shops, then I'll be able to keep my business going. You know, be good. What I didn't think about is the ones dropping off the end. So there was people retiring. You had a bit of a recession, so people dropped off. So I thought I was going to get 40, 50 shops or, or 40, 50 contacts, whichever way you look at it, over a couple of years not concentrating on the fact that I was losing some off the end while I was finding new shops. So you've mm -hmm. constantly got to be realising that if you're going to grow, 
you've got to realise that some of the business you're taking on, you're going to lose after a couple of years. So you can't rely on businesses you've had two years ago. Some of them might go. So it's a matter of always looking for how you're going to grow your business, not just thinking that I've got a business now, so we will we'll keep we'll stick with this. You've got to keep growing and keep looking elsewhere. Do you have to keep ringing old shops and saying you? You do to a certain a extent. Yeah, you do. You have to keep contact, going around and meeting people. Because if you just leave it up to them, very often shops won't reorder. They won't think, oh, we've run out of that. We'll we'll fin and phone you. You have to actually. I suppose that's why big companies have reps that go around, yeah. constantly saying, "Do you want some more of our stuff?" Otherwise, they'll find you know if, they'll, they'll always take the easy route. Whether your stuff sells or not, a lot of shops just take the easy route. If a rep from another company comes in, yeah. they will go with him. So you've got to be some of selling your stuff. You've got to keep reminding, "Oh, do you want some more of my stuff?" You know. So, you know, again, I had, I had a, two big shops when I first started selling these. They weren't selling these, they were still selling my photographs. And they were giving me a lot of money each each, each year. And I lost both those in, in a year. And so I thought, wow, that's a big chunk of money gone. <laughs> so you, you can, you, yes, you can't rely on anything in the part. You know, you've got to always that's be looking for. Yeah. yeah. It's not just about making the work. No, no, it's keeping, keeping contact with people, yeah. Is there anything else you would like to say or talk about that I haven't mentioned or something? Um, another bit of advice is do try and do lots of different things, even if you're not making money. Just keep yourself interested in what you're doing, and eventually you might find something that you enjoy more that eventually does make money. So, Because I, I grew up in Australia and I got taught lots of different styles and lots of different ways of coming up with the, a, a final piece of artwork. And when I came to England, I find that a lot of illustrators have one style and if they're lucky they can make money doing that their whole life but quite often their style will go out of style in a mm. year or two mm. yeah and not only is it probably boring for the artist but if you change it up mix it up a bit then you will be more interested and, and probably be more profitable in the, in the long run well thank you very much okay thank you jason thank you. and nigel <laughs> bye-bye bye <Cheerio. laughs>